Everyone knows that video games are popular, but are they art? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, humble egomaniac, and with me as always is my rakishly radiant co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and avid gamer. Again, staying on topic. We didn't know that before. No, no one does. You haven't mentioned your love of games in like every other episode of this show. (laughs) And finally, here we are. Yes. Oh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit slightly. So, because with us today also is a very special recurring guest. He is- I am the terror, the flaps <laughs> of the night. I am the noun, the verbs your noun. I am Nathan Scherer. You know, I had a whole like intro for you. But, I'm here. <laughs> but like, we could just leave it at that. Besides the fact, of course, as you know, he is the tech wizard behind this wonderful Overthinkers enterprise. He is our third musketeer of the Overthinkers crew. Really is. Really is. Call me D'Artagnan. That's the only name I know from that story. <laughs> That's the only name <laughs> you anybody to. knows from that except for Milady. <laughs> you know, we could just play the video game and find out if there ever is one. Mm. But hey, you know, maybe maybe there is. Maybe there is. Because and video games can be educational. Speaking of video games. what else they can be. yes what can they be nathan clarkson i believe they can be art well there we go today we are talking about a topic that is long overdue video games nathan share would you give us a cheering sound effect that that works that works too (laughs) by almost every measure that people use Video games are the most popular art form in the world today. According to Reuters, video games as of 2018 outsold every other entertainment medium in existence. Of course, there's esports, video game based sports that are now featured on sports channels. Playing video games is now a livelihood of many streamers on platforms like YouTube and Twitch. But with this explosion of popularity has come a different question. Are video games art? People take for granted that dance, painting, books, and movies can be considered art. But for video games, the issue is still controversial. Those who think video games are art tend to focus on how many different accepted art forms are used to make them and how game mechanics and design can be used to get players to explore deeper questions in a way that uniquely calls for player interactivity. Those who think video games are not art, which included the late great film critic Roger Ebert, points to its status as a game, which they claim is something distinctive from art or the perceived lack of examples of high art within the medium, or its perceived lack of ability to generate empathy. Nathan Sher, because we are going to start with Nathan Sher, because Nathan Sher, also known as Nathan A. <laughs> it's been a long time running gag that you and Nathan Clarkson, otherwise known as Nathan One, love playing video games, and that I play far, far less video games, which Indeed. is applied on my character as a human being, I know. <laughs> We know that you love playing video games, but what, do you think that video games are art? And if so, why? I do think they are art. As far as why goes, I think this depends on how you define art. Mm. Personally, I see art as something that's a self-expression of the artist. 
that's, that's created for the sake of A, expressing the artist, and B, for the enjoyment of his audience, something that's received by the audience, and then through that process of giving and receiving between the art and artist, or the, the artist and the audience, creates a conversation that both influences the audience and even the artist. And I think video games are very capable of influencing both the people who make the games and have played the games. I've been influenced by the games I played. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's interesting, Joseph, you talked about, I think it was Roger Ebert who, who said there's something distinct from games and art. And that's an interesting um, line to draw as if just because something has a game element, it can't be art or a competitive element, right. it can't be art. I mean, look at a lot of the, the Olympics have incredibly artistic value. They have dance, they have expression, um, be it uh, the, the gymnasts, be it the ice skaters. They are doing this to music. They are doing this um, in, in line with dancing moves and, and they're beautiful when we watch these things and we'd say, yes, that's art, even though there's a competitive element to it. Now see, I, I don't think that, um, that just because something has a competitive element to it that it makes it not art. That being said, games very often because of their name uh, we assume that every game is competitive. Unfortunately, I've been um, lobbying for quite a while that we call video games something else, um, maybe interactive video art, not quite as catchy, um, but <laughs> no. not. <laughs> okay, well, that was voted down really quickly. <laughs> Pretty quickly. <laughs> but the, the, the truth is not every video game has a competitive element to it. Um, and very often, uh, even video games that do have a, a game aspect or an accomplishment aspect to them, that's not even the sole purpose of the game. Now, I'll right. reference one of the first games I played that I went, wow, when I was playing it. And, I, and I, it was Skyrim. Skyrim is a very popular game that kind of yeah. takes, um, it, it takes its inspiration from places like Lord of the Rings. And you are open this world of Skyrim where you are the dragonborn and you live out this story. And you explore this amazing, beautiful world filled with mountains and valleys and seas and, and characters. And while, yes, there is a, uh, an overcoming or accomplishing element to the game, that's what you do, you work through the story. Very oftentimes, I would find myself wandering through this world for hours on end, doing nothing but just looking and taking screenshots because it was so beautiful. And even apart from that, it wasn't about um the points or the score or getting something it was about living through the story even when you're accomplishing something you're living through the story and we consider movies to be art even though they have stories going on and the character accomplished something we consider a literature to be art because we have a character accomplishing something but it's the literature around it the beauty around it that what while we say it's such art and i think the exact same thing could be said for video games that video games while the title um the name isn't quite apt to describe everything about them very often um, you, you look at them and you are in awe of the aesthetic beauty. Now, it's interesting, someone a while ago said that film is the ultimate art form because it combines all of the art forms into one. It combines art, uh, uh, artistic direction, uh, writing. We've had this conversation, uh, yeah, nope. Yeah, mm -hmm. story, um, performance, visual art, uh, music, combines everything in this one art form called film. And the only difference between really film um, and video games to me is that the audience can actually interact with the art right. in a more um, direct and meaningful way, which I would say is art plus. Like, I just think it's more um, a, a more immersive art experience because you are now invited to take part in the art um, and be involved in it. I don't think that it's somehow less because you have an active role in it. So I, I'd say the quick answer to your question, which has not been quick at all, 
is that absolutely video games are art as they combine music, storytelling, writing, visual art, performance. Um, and they can. Not, I'm not saying every video game does. Right. And defending video games on a whole, that absolutely video games can be a place where art happens and they can be pieces of art. Not even just art, they can be pieces of great art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that this is very, I mean, I knew that very quickly the, it, this would run into the question of what is art. Um, <laughs> yep. So it's really kind of funny because I've been reading like two books lately. I read uh, What is Art by Leo Tolstoy. And then I read What is Art for by, and I'm going to uh, butcher this name, Ellen Disenayake, I believe. What did Tolstoy name. think about video games? <laughs> he had very strong opinions about video games. Not a big fan of Pac-Man, oddly enough. Um, but what he's really good at Donkey Kong. He got the hype. <laughs> yes. He was an Ubermensch at Donkey Kong. Mario Kart yes, is Tolstoy's exactly. game. Yep. Exactly. He'll defend Donkey Kong with his dying <laughs> breath. Um uh but it, what but what the thing is, it, what was it? I, I had I found a quote is it because but from the what is art for where it says just I have to point this to there. It's like the word art is like words love or happiness in mm. that everyone knows what they mean or recognizes what they refer to, but when pressed finds them difficult to define with consistency or wide application. Yes. Mm. And one of the things that often seems to happen is that a couple things. One, people say that the the kind of art that they like is what art is and that other things that don't do that or they don't perceive to do that are not art. But also another thing that's in the book, what is art for is this idea that the idea that what art is for is specifically to give you a kind of aesthetic pleasure apart from any other purpose that it's art happens when you look at a painting or when you receive a story that changes the way you see the world or, mm-hmm. or is subversive to something, you know, or it, it gives you sort of an aesthetic high, that that's the only purpose of art or the, even the highest, at least the highest purpose of art is an extremely modern view of art. You know, throughout the most of human history, art was combined with other things. Like, you know, art was for religious celebration or it was for, you know, a, a holidays, or it was for, you know, to create architecture, to create buildings to live in. You know, art was not detached in something that we put in a museum. Um, and so I think that partly we have a very narrow view of art, partly because we have a narrow view of what the highest form of humanity looks like. So like, you know, the we have this idea that the highest form of humanity is for people who are rich enough and well off enough to spend all their time just sitting and contemplating things um and or to or like roger eberts he's a big advocate for he's like films are for empathy artists for empathy artists to help us imagine what it's like to be someone else and that's the ultimate purpose of it or the only purpose of it and i think that's interesting because nathan i want to get your input on this because i I can't speak for everyone i can only speak for myself but one of the Mm -hmm. biggest um pushbacks i get when i say well obviously video games are art is that it doesn't do the same thing as other forms do to the viewer. Yes. Meaning yeah. I, a lot of times, you know, Joseph, you reference looking at a painting and when I go to the Met here in New York, I will look at a painting and be in awe or inspire me or, or it'll um, light my mind or make me think new things or feel new things. And people assume that video games are just running around shooting things and there's nothing more to it or it's just Pac-Man and you, you just go around eating things. It's just, you, you just try to do things and that's it. There's no real artistic element. But I have had many experiences 
which I've been emotionally and mentally connected with the game I'm playing. Has that happened to you in, in any game you've played? Oh yeah, there's a game I played recently, which I'm going to save talking about too much until the blessings and curses, because I'm just nice uh, then. But I just got done playing a game on the Switch called The World Ends With You that is very that very much inspires empathy from me. What's one of the main themes of the game is empathy and connection. And I can think of plenty of other games that are also all about empathy as well. In fact, I feel like one of the main facets of one of the main mechanics of video games in general encourages empathy, at least like co-op games or just playing games with people in yes. general. Because you need to have some sort of empathy for the person you're sitting next to if you want to get along with them. And certainly if you want to work together to beat this boss or like beat this other team or whatever, like video games encourage people to get along with each other. And the only way you're going to get along with each other is if you understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that there are video games that will literally make you play as people who are different from you, from different planes of existence. Or oh, yes. Or whatever, and you're understanding their perspective as you play as them and learn their limitations and their strengths. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that, but that a lot of times we say movies are wonderful because you get to experience different kinds of stories and people's experiences because you get to watch them. In games, you're literally playing someone else's experience. I can't think of a better way, at least right now, that you could enter in someone's story and experience to a small degree the kind of life and experience they live every day because um, we talk a lot about live experience now, then through a game where you are playing as this person so you can maybe to a small degree understand what a different kind of life story perspective is. That's a great point. Well, that's interesting because there's literally, it's what, funny, there's a literally a new sort of genre developing of video games called empathy games, which uh -huh. is, you know, where, I, and I know that uh, uh, the uh, makers of a game called That Dragon Cancer um, you know, Ryan Green, Josh Larson, I forget what their, their company is called, odd enough, I, I, uh, but they're, but they create these sort of these ideas of. I've heard of, of this game though. Yes, and it's, it's about sort of a struggle with cancer, a, a child has cancer, and, and mm. the thing is you make choices, it places you in a situation where you make choices that help you to understand what it's like to go through this experience. And like, what if you had to make choices like this and what are things like that? So it's, you're very true. The thing is, it's, it's a weird thing where people are look at video games and they say, okay, the fact that you can interact with them, make choices. This is another thing. I'm sorry. I keep bringing up Roger Ebert, but it's really interesting, but he talks Ebert! about, yeah. And we love <laughs> Roger Ebert here because we love movies and we love movie criticism, but it's kind of funny. One of the things he talks about is that it's the fact that the, players have room to change the story and make their own experience yeah. what um what's uh uh you nathan share turned me on to the youtube channel uh uh video games as literature he talks yes, about yes. sort of emergent narrative the fact that you know the players can control the narrative dilutes the ability of the author to say what he wants to say and therefore makes it less of a powerful art form the problem is i mean for me and then i will bunch the jump this back to you because I want to start talking about the ways in which video game art form is unique and how what, what it adds that others don't. But for me, I look at video games and the, uh, the programmers of the video games have the ability to direct and limit the kinds of choices that are made uh, by the player, which directs them into having an experience that is still being directed by uh and and you can you can give them more choice like minecraft like which is the, like the ultimate sort of like amount of choice you can get in a video game or 
you can have a like a choose your own adventure where the choices are extremely limited or like a, a, a platformer where the choices are extremely limited and you have to do things make choices on the terms of the of the of the author or authors of of the game and so i think that's the fascinating aspect about it, is how they use the video game mechanics to shape the choices and cause self-discovery of the player so why don't you guys talk a little bit more about that because that's a really interesting part of it to me if somebody who doesn't play as many video games well, yeah, that, oh, yeah go ahead oh no no you you first nathan a thank you nathan <laughs> one well i think that's a beauty of video games because as an art form itself like like we said it's a very interactive piece of piece of media and I think that's what makes it so distinct from all the others. And I think it's exactly what gives it the edge over things like movies and such such things and things like that. Because yes, maybe the uh, the artist doesn't have as much power as he used to because the players have control have interactive control over this. But I think that just helps contribute to making the piece of art much more unique and distinct, and makes it more of a conversation between the art and the artist. Because right. because. It kind of goes towards the, the whole idea, I guess, of death of the author, where it's like how much author intentions really matter with this piece of art versus the intentions or perspectives of the audience that they're sharing its art with, or not even so far as death of the author, but just seeing the, the art that he makes as being something that's still distinct from the artist. Like you can argue that the artist is different from his art, just as the artist is different from the audience. They're like their own three, three their own trinity of beings. And the thing about art and creating art is that it creates a conversation between three of them. And with video games, there's just so much more of a fascinating conversation that can be had with them now that we haven't really had before. Yeah, I, I agree. And off of that, you know, I, I think simplistically, of course, there's much more nuanced definitions of art, but art is the act of creating something mm -hmm. and um, in its most simple place, you know, and, and all of us here are men of faith, and in what one of the things I love about God so much is He is. But one of the things I love about my faith so much is I believe in a God who is a creator, who is an artist, who created things, and He invites us to create with Him. We are to co-create. Mm -hmm. he, he gives us means to mm -hmm. create in this world and universe He's given us, right. and so we have created our own forms, and in His likeness, we have become artists and create. Um, in his image. And what I like about video games is that it's not just a passive art form. You don't go and watch or intake. The creators of the games actually invite you along in to create. Co -create. So when exactly. I play Skyrim or something else, I am helping create the story. I'm helping create this character. I'm making decisions for them. I am part of the creation process in this art form. So it's even more an immersive art form than other things, other art forms I love because it actually invites me to take part in its creation. And I think that's a really cool thing about it. Now, but I think one of the issues that people are having um, with this, we've seen this with pretty much every, every art form throughout history, um, is that this is new. And a lot of misconceptions are around it because it's unknown. And I think we fear the unknown. And so I think when you have someone like Roger Ebert who is so tied emotionally and mentally to movies to have this other art form come and outshine everything is a and, and i'm totally uh, i'm just guessing I, I have no idea his actual intentions yeah. or mind but but he's representative of a lot of people for me who are scared of games because they have no connection or understanding sure. with them they these mm -hmm. aren't people who have played uh, an emotional game or had an emotional response to living out a story or a, an arc 
Um, and instead they just hear and kind of look from a distance and make a judgment about, oh, that's not real. And I think this happened with a lot of new art forms. You know, they were saying the exact same thing about movies. Oh, absolutely. Out, well, that's not real art. Or, and they said about radio, they said about go back and back and back and back. This isn't real art, this isn't real art. And I think in every scenario, it was because they weren't familiar with the medium. It wasn't something they had personally and emotionally and mentally connected to. And so I think a lot of people aren't coming from a place of actual judgment, just really coming from a place of maybe um, ignorance feels too strong, but lack of experience. Sure, yeah, and so, that's fair. And I think that when you experience this invitation to be a part of the story and co-create inside of it, it really will have a, a meaningful um, interaction with your head about what, how this could be art and how it is art. And, you know, in the past, we haven't seen an art from like this grow so quickly since TV yeah. or since, since mm. movies. I mean, when I was growing up, just a little before I was born, all we had were side scrollers and, and very simple ones at that could barely do anything. And, and by the way, those have possibility for deep artistic um, connections oh, as yeah. well. Oh, good. But, you know, a lot of what people think about video games, it's just Pac-Man. Or now in all it's really evolved into is people running around shooting each other. And there's, but if you look at some of these games, they really are pieces of art. And the ones I gravitate towards to again, already right, reiterate are the ones that allow me to take part in the creation process of the story and of the character. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there's, there's, I, I think you make an excellent point. I mean, you know, this, we had this a sort of just in inside movies in general. Um, you had James Gunn sort of have this argument with Martin Scorsese about like, Oh, like, you know, you were Martin Scorsese said superhero movies are not, you know, real cinema. And, you know, he would, James Gunn was like, yeah, but like, you know, they said the same thing about gangster movies and like, that's all you made, you know? Yeah. And, and, and um, but I do think, you know, it's, I think that is interesting because one of the things we look for from art oftentimes is, is sort of bringing people together. I think that yeah. you, you at you, you say that in a really, one thing you interesting is point out is I think a lot of times what people fear is if their medium that they love, is getting supplanted by another medium, then mm. it means that society is pulling away from them, and they no yes. longer are share able to share in the the larger society's you know worship or. And know, this social. happened quickly. Like literally, that, games yeah. became the most popular form. I mean, I I could be wrong in saying this. I don't think I am. That they made more money in the past two years than the movie industry and the music industry combined. I think the book. That's that's what I've heard. Well. Yeah. Which is insane when you think about it. So you can dismiss it all you want from, you know, right. from your your article or your opinion. But at the end of the day, people are responding to this form and you can be a part right. of the conversation and involved in it or not. It's, it's, it's filling a real human need and it's doing it in a way that requires artistry. And I think that's one of the things we're sort of where we're talking about. And I think the, the co-creator thing is, I think is really interesting. So, you know, since you outed me as a man of faith, um, I, you know, I'll, <laughs> I add, add to the point of um, a couple things and then we'll have to uh, give uh, you guys uh, no chance to respond. Um, but is the, this is exactly what God did, which is he created a world that we could then become co-creators in. You, yep. know, you know, one of the things that's like the accusation against something like Minecraft is it, it can't really be, you know, a narrative or it can't really be art because it's really a playground. And the thing is like, no, a playground is also art. You know, and, and also, I, I'd say Minecraft is more of a, a canvas than, I mean, have you seen, I've never played it, but have you seen the things these kids, these 10 year old really? kids are making and so the imagination it uses? But oh I see gosh. that canvas is an, it, is an art, like canvas is art. It's just an art that you put something else on. And I think yep. that 
video games being something video games really are almost a very close representation of what God does, which is to create a place that then populate it with people who can then create art in. I think it's an amazing, Mm -hmm. amazingly beautiful thing. But again, like there are things I think, again, what I find really fascinating about video games is again, the way that limits and directs choices through mechanics and asks questions through mechanics. So I like watching one of my favorites uh, was to YouTube shows. And again, watch YouTube shows like about from people who would want to talk about the art of video games uh, for to get more perspective on this. Game Maker's Toolkit is one I really like watching. One of the things that it uh, it was, there's uh, one that's the mechanics of morality. What they talk about there is, in that one is the uh, a game where they set up the choices that you make so that if you, um, basically, if you make immoral choices that use and abuse people in order to win your fights and use and abuse your own teammates, you will succeed more quickly and easily and better. And if you do things the right way, you know, and not abusing people, everything is will be harder, but eventually be more rewarding. And of course it does that. There's no, there's no Red Dead Redemption. There's no, like nobody says, there's no cutscenes that say all this. It's through the mechanics of the game where they shape the choices you make that it prompts you to ask the question, what kind of person am I? Am I a person who is, going to um, take the easy way and succeed, but do something that I know clearly is wrong? Or am I the kind of person who's not going to do that? And what's the right thing to do in that situation? And so it does, like the mechanics of the game itself prompt you to ask those questions. And I think you can't look at that and say that that's not art. I don't think you can look at that that's doing the same kind of things that we expect from a, a movie or that we say is great art. And, you know, that's even if you only buy that that's the only expression of art and that a game that's there for fun or a, something that's there to tell a story that's for worship or something that can't also be art. So maybe thoughts Red on Dead that? Redemption, Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2, it has a meter. It, it basically, you are a, a man dropped in the Old West and you live out the story and you get to inhabit this world and make choices in it and live out the story. And your decisions will, uh, for either good or evil, depending on how you can rob someone on the street, or you can go work a job and make the money that way, however it is. And it's really interesting to me that your decisions in morality actually have an effect on your character and the outcome of the game and how it works. I mean, that's incredible. But Nathan, um, I'm- Undertale's the same way. Sorry, just another good example. Wait, which one is? Undertale. Oh, what is that? It's basically this game, it's it's a send up of like old classic RPGs, like of the era of say, Mother 3 and things like that, where you basically go on this adventure and you have two main routes you can pretty much go into, or technically three, but it's either generally a pacifist route where every monster, like you come along your way, you find some way to like peacefully settle your agreements. And again, it's longer and it's harder, but more, more rewarding in the end, or a genocide route where every monster, every creature you come across, you kill them all, and it has a direct impact on your character and how the world fleshes out and how it looks. And it's a lot easier in the short term, but it gets a lot harder in the long term. And yeah, it's a very dark, depressing, very different, very dark, very depressing story if you go that route. It, it's two different sides of the same coin, and they let you, let you as a player decide it by how you respond to all the creatures you come across on this journey. Now, Nathan, I'm interested. I get this a lot when I say I play games. People assume I just waste my time. That it's just a mindless thing okay. that it has no uh, you know, value to me. I forget about the artistic value that it actually has. It's just you're just wasting, you're, you're doing kids things and it doesn't 
have any value. Kind of the same thing that C.S. Lewis used to talk about when people would say, oh, you just read a fairy tale. That's what I hear with yep. games. Nathan, it's the Joe Rogan what, argument. Joe Rogan made yes. that argument about video games. Yes. <laughs> and I like Joe exactly. Rogan. Exactly. Yeah. But Nathan... I, have video games positively impacted your life or do you feel like you've just wasted a bunch of time? No, I strongly feel like they positively, positively impacted my life. I made plenty of friends playing video games. I've learned a lot playing video games. I feel like I'm a more, I feel like I've got better head on my shoulders just from the things I've learned from playing video games or playing video games alongside people. Yeah. Joseph, I feel like you would know this out of any of us. Are there studies about the positivity of playing video games? So some, a lot of the studies have been sort of negative. And by that, I mean, people have been trying to prove that video games, um, uh, that video games are bad. And again, like there have been, people have been trying for years to prove that video games cause violence and they poured so much money into all the studies and they have. And this started after Columbine. This this was a big thing. I remember this was, when was Columbine? It was 1999. Every time there's a shooting, people say it's the violent video games. And again, I, I'm sort of, I'm, you know, I'm come from a background where I'm sort of sympathetic to that argument. But boy, people have tried to do those studies where they've tried to prove the connection for years and they haven't been able to find it. And in fact, they find the exact opposite in many cases where people who play video games are less likely to be violent in real life because it's, it creates a kind of, it's an outlet, basically. It's an outlet for- It's a punching um, bag. It's the same yeah, reason guys exactly. go to the gym and box for an hour because it gets us out. But what I- I've noticed that sometimes when I'm feeling incredibly stressed yeah. or incredibly overwhelmed or even angry or whatever emotion I'm dealing with, very often video games can have a settling um, right. effect on me in my yeah. mind because I'm able to pour that energy and focus into something that's on a screen but rather than letting is, it out on people around me. Right. Yeah. That is, that's what the good for, games are. Like, again, it's one of those things where like, they know, everybody knows, anthropologists, you know, go back, people need to play. Play is good for people. And play, to say something like, this is fun, this is something we do for fun that has no survival value, is good for people for a lot of reasons. And the fact that games are another form of that is like, okay, well, this is another way of doing it that we're using the, all the tools of our disposal to do. So even if they are just games, they have value as an art form. But the thing is, you're saying they can do more than that. They can do like, you know, a lot of things. Absolutely. And if we think, this is the thing, you know, I kind of joke, my, my biggest issue of not playing as many games is because I'm investing a lot in film and it's like, oh, I can watch a film and it's done in two hours. But a video game, it's like a really good video game. I have to like, you know, spend at least eight hours on to like get it, you know, to get. Sometimes a month. Yeah. Sometimes a month. Exactly. And so Especially it's like. Especially you're playing Japanese RPGs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's a kind of like, okay, like investing a lot of time in that thing in order to get the amazing stuff out of it. But that's the same thing with TV shows. It's like, I don't watch many TV shows like for the same reason, but the thing is we think that TV shows that have a long narrative can build worship and build empathy and do a lot of those things. And there's nothing that you can say uh, that's great about a movie or about a book or that cannot also be done with video games in a way that's interactive. Now, I want to mm-hmm. ask this question. I, oh, sorry, you can ask this question. Well, I, and, I was just going to say real quick before we get on to the next subject, in addition to catharsis that video games yes. offer, I find they all they also offer me comfort and yep, healthy yep. escape. Yes. And that's something that's very needed, I think, in the world right now, because I don't think yep. we have a lot of escapes, especially during a pandemic um, and a crazy world, even outside the pandemic. Yep. Um, I, I feel that comfort and healthy escapes, not yep. um, 
not ones that'll take over your life or uh, mm-hmm. affect you negatively, but healthy escapes and comfort are something that is really beneficial. And for me, getting to step out of my story for a little bit yeah. and step into someone else's story, to see rights made wrong, to be a part of actively fighting the darkness, fighting the evil and mm-hmm. overcoming, that's a really healthy thing for yep. me to do that I spend my time on. Nathan, is that same for you? Yeah, 100% agree. It's like the perfect balance between mental stimulation and mental stress relief, where it's like you have just enough mental stimulation to feel like you're still being productive, so you're not bored, so like you're focusing on something, you're like make, doing good decision making, you're like solving puzzles or whatever, but it's not so much stimulation that you feel overwhelmed. Like you can still yes. like part of your brain off, so that part of your brain can rest and recover, so it can be ready to turn back on again when you're going back into the real world. Yeah. Yes. And to this, it also adds, I mean, again, it does everything. It, it does community building. Cause again, you have this thing where you, it creates more forms of art. Cause you like people, people stream it and create like YouTube let's plays, which their reaction becomes a piece of art throughout history that their interaction and people can then create communities around this. It's really everything that we love about things that other art forms can do. This does. And that's the thing is sort of like, I think why this matters is if we don't, accept this form of art as a kind of art, we lose the opportunities to actually have everything we love about other forms of art, whether it's worship, whether it's community, whether it's catharsis, whether it's empathy, and we lose an avenue or opportunity of that to have the amazing expressions of that, that we will have if we can accept this as an art form that can do these things. And it's interesting to your point about the community aspects. We've talked about the aesthetic aspect. We've talked about the moral aspect, the inviting to create aspect. We've talked about all these different aspects, the artistic aspect. Um, But I totally agree about the communal aspect in that I have these memories as a kid playing these video games with my friends, sitting, you know, four or five of us and either all of us watching one guy play and we're cheering him on. Oh, no, go here. Look at that. Pick that up. Or we're all playing together where we're all. Uh, laughing and engaging in this this thing together, which is a really cool um, communal building thing. And even now, um, my my family lives all across the world, and my brother and I, a couple times a week, will get online and we will play a game together and just talk and enjoy the game. And we're figuring out puzzles together. We're doing things, and it's really communal. And then with my wife, she loves watching me play video games and we'll play scary ones um we'll play fun ones or mysterious ones and even i've handed the controller to her and we'll be you know uh screaming and yelling and laughing as we're trying to figure out these puzzles but it is really this communal uh thing the same kind of communal activity that you see happening around movies or comedies but again even more immersive even more personal and inviting so i definitely think that that's another aspect to add to why games mm-hmm. be really valuable art pieces mm-hmm because that's a great thing about the interactive interactivity that comes with video games. Everyone has the potential to be heard. Everyone has their own style to bring to the table. There's no one way to play a video game, no correct way. Everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own way of appreciating the game. And there are plenty of ways, different ways to play a game, to enjoy a game. Like you said, you can even just enjoy someone watching a game or you can play alongside them or whatever. There are like so many different ways people can respond to video games that are beautiful or wonderful and lead to so many different beautiful conversations people can have about games or contribute to the conversation about games. That's the amazing thing about this art form. People can feel so connected just playing games together or talking about games together. Absolutely. Actually, you know, the positive side of sort of the way, you know, postmodernism and art can be helpful to each other. We talked about this with Alyssa Wilkinson in our What is Postmodernism podcast. And one of the things she talked about is that, you know, the ability to have freedom for people to have their own experiences of art is an important aspect 
to art. And although we had a little, you know, a little, little jab back and forth about, you know, taking that too far, the fact is within video games, you literally can be a co-creator with there to have a different experience of art. And it's because you are a unique person and you're not just interacting with other people in the communal aspect because you're all watching the same thing. You're interacting with other people as real people actually co-creating the game together. Mm-hmm. And you're that's actually a interacting with the artist and the work. And with the, the artist, yes. exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Video games, I think by inherent to their nature are like a very postmodern medium and not the postmodern medium just because there's so much room for this interactivity and it's literally a mediated experience. It's a simulation. It's like experiencing different things, bringing different things to a table, levels of playing field for a lot of different people. And yeah, also leads to a lot of postmodern style to- storytelling as well. Just it's very much a medium that's meant to open up people's minds towards different ideals, ideas or ideals or stories or characters or whatever, and then taking up the reins to play as it and then learning from that. But still, it, but in the same way, it's not postmodern because it still has the artist's parameters inside the narrative and decisions right. and the direction that the artist gives. So it really is kind of this cool mix of both. I can't exactly. tell you how many times as a kid I would look at you know classical art and it, it would draw me in. I would be amazed. And all I want to do is enter the painting, go, go in there, touch things, look around. What I want to see the space that this character I'm looking at is. And with, with games, as I grew up, I suddenly found that I could. I could enter the painting. I could go into this world yeah. and I could pick things up and explore and create my own narrative. So I, I do love that aspect. You know, literally, game's all about that because Mario 64, the entire gimmick is jumping into worlds, and painting worlds and doing that. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's awesome. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, I think that we have settled this once and for all. Uh, our video games. Video games are art. What a surprise that you know thirty something men would 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 be on the side of video games being art. <laughs> and, uh, and as much as we like Roger Ebert, sorry man, exactly. We make a definitive you know, choice here. If everybody's wrong about something. If he's going to be wrong about something, it can be okay. It's okay for it to be video games. So True. now, now we've got a whole bunch of people who agree with us and know. Know for a fact that video games are art. What video games should these people play if they want to pull, if they want to plug in a, a game system? They want to spend the money plugging a game system, or maybe you know get you know what, what should what should people go after if they want to learn more or if they want to play more things to experience the art uh, medium that we uh, that we think is is really valuable. And what games should they avoid? Because here we have our also yes segment. our segment we call. Blesses and curses. Nathan A, what are your blesses and curses for video games? Mm, let's see. My The strongest bless I have in my head at the moment, I mentioned earlier, is this RPG called The World Ends With You. The World Ends With You. It's a mouthful. But it's a very beautiful story. And what, it's a very beautiful game that has a very beautiful story. And it's a great example of how a game's story and its mechanics can work together to really bring home the theme of the game and the point of the game itself. And the game is all about basically the importance of self-expression and interconnectivity, individualism and community, and how they're me- and how the symbiosis of the two are what guides us to really grow as humans, as individuals and as a culture and a society. 
how does that do the, the game sort of do that? Or can you explain without going into super detail? I can't, I can can without being too spoilery, spoilery, I think. Well, for one thing, the mechanics of the game, it's all about, well, the game centers around these angsty teenagers who basically had to go through a death game in order to come back to life. Basically that. But, and part of the process is that the main protagonist of this game, he's a very angsty, very misanthropic teenager who super introverted, super hateful, does not like the world, does not like people, wants everyone to stay away from him. And of course, this whole journey is about him learning to open up more, realize the value of human mm-hmm. people. And in order to survive this death game, in order, in order to get through it, he has to team up with these other people. He has to learn how to work alongside them, learn to work with them, learn to empathize with them in order to get through this and grow as a person. And the mechanics of the game, how this works out, is you basically controlling two different people at once in mm. two ways. So it's it's originally on the Nintendo DS or 3DS. And so, you know, it has two screens. So on the bottom screen, you're playing as a main protagonist and you're controlling with him with the stylus. So you're using all of these creative different powers by like sliding on the screen. Have Fascinating. Whatever. And on the top screen, you're playing as, as his current partner and you control his partner at the same time by do, doing different combos with the directional buttons. So it's two different characters with two different play styles that's hard to comprehend while you're doing it at once, but it go, it's a great metaphor for like learning how to deal with different people because you got your own style of doing things that you're still trying to figure out how to do. But at the same time, if you want to like work on this project alongside with someone, you're going to have to learn how they work and how to reconcile that. And what and once you find a good symbiosis, you're able to like complete your project. And in this game, it's a similar... Wow. If you learn how to make work, the characters get stronger together, literally get stronger because there's like this little puck that passes forth between two of passes back and forth between the two of them. So like if you do a good combo with one character, the puck passes back to the other character. You have to do a good combo with them, but that combo is also stronger because you just did a good combo with the last one. And then just goes back and forth until you finally win the battle or do this big symbiosis attack that destroys everyone at once. That's intricate. Wow. That's incredible. And so like, it really is actually training you how to think different ways and think about how other people think of things through the mechanics of the buttons you press on the game. So like, that's a great yes. example of how the unique medium of video games can access empathy in that way. Yes. So what's your curse? Do you have any curses? Uh, my curse? I have a curse only for petty reasons. I'm not going to say it's a bad game. Petty reasons are allowed. <laughs> We're very uh, League, League of Legends. <laughs> and I curse this if only because my best friend and oldest and my roommate, my oldest friend, plays this a lot, and he often plays this late into the night. And when he plays, it's very salty, very loud, and I can just hear him all the way from my room. And there was a time we used to have to share the same room, and he'd be playing this game up until like two o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't sleep because he'd be so loudly yelling at the screen or complaining about what's happening. This so is, here the, here's the negative drawbacks of video games right there. We exactly. figured it out. This is why. This is like the obnoxious Christians that make Christians look bad version of video games. Like why yes. people don't like video games and video gamers and why they think it wastes people's time is because they're making them, they're doing it till two o'clock in the morning. And Fortnite and League of Legends people. I tell you, they ruin it for all of us. They ruin, they ruin <laughs> it for all the rest of us. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. fair. Oh, man. Joseph. How about you, Nathan? What? No, I want to. I want to hear yours because my my list will go on. Oh, will it? Okay. Well, we got come to expect that from now. Um, I will say a couple things. One, I will go and give um, a shout out to a couple things. One is I will actually say 
Sonic Adventure, I'm going to give as a blast. Mm, classic. There's the a lot of nostalgia is, there. It's kind of funny because like Sonic has had a very checkered history in terms of video games and the and it is modern iteration like Sonic Adventure has actually, you know, has been sort of controversial, but there's been some new appreciation for it. And I, I recently just watched a let's play of it, a long play, a long play sort of of it where I got to appreciate it as a story. And I really was amazed by how much work they went into creating a world and creating a mythology and showing you a story from different perspectives and showing you, um, you know, about a tell a story about uh, horrible things that happened in the past that have implications for today but it was also a story again about that's about classic heroes and villains um with six different perspectives that try to give you mm. empathy for people's different journeys coming to the same uh story to fight a great evil but the thing is at the end of the day fighting a great evil some of the evils is and this is an important thing some evils have to be destroyed and other evils have to be redeemed and actually like showing how the two are different and how to interact with both of those mm. were really were really interesting. And so I really enjoyed that and then kind of appreciated that part of my childhood looking back on it. I'll also say a couple of things. Again, I like to watch a lot of where I've gotten a lot of my experience of video games and a lot of the indie video games is actually watching uh, a channel called The Game Theorists with Matt Patton, you know, doing GT Live where he will play video games that are indie players. One of the things I love about it is that it's a great way to showcase a lot of the smaller games being made by indie players and the questions they're asking and, and stuff they're struggling with and uh, the fun of that. And so, like, I think if you want to and also getting to experience the game and the enjoyment of other people enjoying games like that's something i really enjoy doing mm -hmm. and for bless i will also do i'll also shout out again game makers toolkit because they you know again all they really he did mark brown of that really did a great job of educating me about like how mechanics work with video games you know just like right from how resident evil games purposefully make you slow so that as mm -hmm. a as a as a player so that it makes you more afraid because if something chases you, you're not as fast. So things like yep, that wow. really educated me of how uh, experience can be shown in the same way movies mm -hmm. can use the camera, you know, games can use mechanics. So things like that, if you want to get educated, understand more, I recommend Game Maker's Toolkit. Um, oh, and going back to Sonic Adventure, another great thing that I appreciate about it is the music, especially oh, the main theme the music. Open oh. your heart. Oh, so, so, so much of the, just the shameless amp is, is great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on the note of music, going back to my blessed, another great thing about the world ends with you is also the music. And it'd be a very great disservice to the game if I don't mention the music. It's mm. there. It's a set in like Shibuya, Japan, which is like a very urban Japanese setting. So the music very much reflects that turn of tone as well. So there's lots of like electronic music, rap, urban type music. Lots of which gives give the game so much personality. It's just another example of how games, how games can also have great soundtracks as well that are just as comparable, if not better, to some examples yes. of television. Yeah, I, I will say I don't have any curses just because I don't like. Again, I don't play enough video games to look at something and be like, "Well, that's horrible. I wasted my time on that." It's only going to if it's if I'm going to spend time on it, it's because I know I'm probably going to it's going to be good and I'm going to enjoy it. So mm -hmm. I will. I will pass my curse off and I'll go to Nathan Clarkson so we can have him educate us on all of the great and all of the horrible game. So Nathan can well, have double the curses. That's right. Yes. Actually, I only have a couple curses, even though I have played many, many a game where I just stop halfway through and go, nope. No. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go through a few games <clears throat> and I'm hoping that these will provide a little bit of, of breath to, sh to show how different kinds of games 
um, might affect people differently and might be something you might be interested in playing because they're all, you know, we just think of games as monolith as opposed to there's all different genres and play styles and mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, but a few of the games that have affected and uh, touched me, uh, if I want to use that, that phrasing, um, the, the most have been, uh, first I'll say Firewatch. I think I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast. Firewatch is a game and it is surprisingly emotional, um, deep, heartrending, and it's about a man who disappears into the woods to become a Firewatch person after something very tragic happens in his life with the love of his life. And so he goes and lives in a Firewatch tower where he lives in the wilderness um, and he looks out for fires and he, and he only has a walkie-talkie and he's in connection to um, only one other person, the other character who you're speaking to the entire time. So you have this connection, but you still feel very alone. And this game, it, it first of all, it just deals with sadness and grief and depression and hope in such a unique and interesting and personal way. They actually got actors that many of you have seen from TV and things to, vo to voice these characters. Mm. Um, but it's such a, a cathartic, emotionally cathartic game that really walks you through what it's like to deal with sadness and what it's like to be able to all while figuring out this mystery that takes place in this beautiful wilderness that was styled um, uh, ju just so intricately that you feel like you're walking through um, the wilderness as this person and it's beautiful and the light and the colors are just amazing on an aesthetic level. Um, so Firewatch is really, really a wonderful game, uh, an emotionally resonant game. Uh, then there's one that's in the same vein. It's called Life is Strange. And mm, Life is Strange yes. takes place around a couple of teenage girls who are dealing with growing up, who are dealing with loss, who are dealing with family issues. This doesn't sound like game stuff where you're just running around shooting because it's not. <laughs> this is a story that is being told. An interesting thing that I love about Life is Strange, aside from the amazing acting, the amazing aesthetic, the, the town you're in, is... Um, uh, is that every decision you make, you have multiple choices for every decision you make. And, and every decision you make will ultimately affect the end of the game, how the outcome looks, yeah. what will in ultimately happen, which gives you the, it, it, a lot of nervousness with every choice, but it, it, it really invites you in so that you have agency in the story being told, like we talked about earlier, that you were invited in to help create the story. Um, and it's really interesting to watch how your choices affect other people, to affect circumstances. And aside from that, the music is be beautiful, the aesthetic is beautiful, the acting is amazing. And it really is a wonderful insight into growing up and what it's like to lose and to hope and to fall in love and to deal with family and dreams. It just really is a beautiful game. Um, the next one is <clears throat> called Red Dead Redemption 2. And I mentioned this earlier, and I think <laughs> now is one of the most, the most successful games of all time but it, it, it takes place at the turn of the century and you are one of the last basically um, Western guys and, uh, and you are dropped into this world, this Americana world at the turn of the century and it looks lifelike. I mean, I, I remember playing this and one of my parents walked in and they stopped and were amazed and said, look, look at the, the light coming through the trees. Look at the bugs that are, that are flying around the road but it's just so immersive on an aesthetic sense first. It is just beautiful and you can walk for hours in the woods and in the, through the rivers and through the valleys and fields and it's just amazing. But aside from that, the story is, it's an epic, but it also deals with this one man, Arthur, and his, his path towards redemption. He's an outlaw and he's looking to see how he can redeem his life um, uh, 
through the story. And so you are taking place in his redemption story as he walks through this world. Really, really is amazing. Um, Red Dead Redemption. I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. It's in the the title. They subtly put that in the title for really, really (laughs) observant people to notice. (laughs) But this is the one with the um, the morality meter. And so every time you make a decision that's selfish or you rob somebody or you start a fight, you're your meter will go down and it will have ne- negative effects. So when you walk into a town, people will be scared of you or you will have an arrest warrant out or you won't be able to trade with people. It's really, really interesting. Nice. Um, but this bleeds into another game, which is called Skyrim. So if you're not you know, an ah, yes. kind of person, then you might be a Lord of the Rings fantasy kind of person in very much the same vein where you in this amazing world in which there are dragons and swords. But again, you have a story to tell and you are part of the story being told and your decisions matter. But again, the aesthetic, I, I spent hours on that game riding my horse around, just looking at the vistas and views. You can you can actually look this up. You can Google Skyrim screenshots and see how beautiful this game is. So another amazing game in the same vein. And then this is a the different kind of game, um, Heavy Rain. I, I might have mentioned mm-hmm. this one before. I don't Talk know. Talked about this before, yeah. is a mystery. Jason! The, Jason! <laughs> <laughs> this, we could say this because it was actually made in France. Um, but they, but it was four Americans, so they got French actors to do the best they could with American accents, which, <laughs> so, which can be entertaining at times. So that's how it feels. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's amazing, it's a mystery, it's intricate. Again, every one of your choices um, leads up to the end and how it'll end. Will you catch the killer? Will you, will you find him? Will you figure out the mystery? Um, the aesthetic is amazing. If you like, you know, good old-fashioned noirs. I mean, it's just... Okay. And you play every different character and you get to make choices for all of them and help mm. you see how the stories interact. Again, another piece of art that's just amazing. And finally, for my blesses, I'm going to say, if you just want to take a load off and play a game, Apex Legends is so much fun. Mm. They have lore, they have comics, they have you get attached to these characters um, and the mechanics are just really fun. And if you just want to zone out, this is a really fun game. This is a game that my brother and I play across the ocean together we'll get on and just play on a team together it's so much fun so a bunch of different genres in there something for everyone oh and maybe i should mention games like um everyone's gone to the rapture which is called a walking simulator another beautiful game there is no goal there's no points there's no fighting you're just walking in a beautiful world as a story develops in front of you so there are all sorts of great games to, to well, play. my curse is going to be first Fortnite. And we basically just lost every <laughs> one of our preteen listeners, which <laughs> I don't know how many we even had. Probably none. But Fortnite, I think, is... We had one, know, and we just lost Yeah, two. we had one. Now he's gone <laughs> to play Fortnite. Um, this <laughs> game, you were saying, you know, there, there are games and people who make it hard for the rest of things. So what I want to get to is not asking anymore, are video games art? Are video games good art? Uh, which games are th- good art? And this one is not. This one is a cash grab. It is made to addict to your kids. There's nothing redemptive about it. There's nothing aesthetically beautiful about it. It's not even fun, in my own opinion. I know I'm going to get like a billion, a billion kids right now, but this, <laughs> it, this is my curse. Uh, Fortnite and then also Doom. This game has been around forever. Okay, interesting. And it, to me, is, how do I put this, the saw of movies, sure. of video games. And it's just there to, um, it's just there for, for explicit violence. And for yeah. this game is what people accuse of overt, terrible, nonstop violence, just 
and I, I can't get behind this one. So those are my. But it's okay things. though. We're not killing people. We're killing demons. They just <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, both of those games, I don't find much redemptive elements, of, uh, many redemptive elements about them. But there's plenty of great games like I just listed. So yep. my blessings and curses. Awesome. Very cool. Well, so now that we're there, if people have other games that they really think we didn't mention and should mention, please. Let us know about that, obviously. And, and if you, you think have, that video games aren't art, you know, write us and tell us argument. how Make wrong we are. Why they're not art. We actually found somebody like quoting our one of our podcasts recently in an article. So like if you want to quote us for an article or do an article response to us, we will definitely uh, love to have that. So, you know. And we'll totally uh, talk about it. <laughs> we will totally talk about it. Yes. <laughs> so, um, if or if you want to play against us online in some video games, feel yes. free. That's right. Come at us. We'll figure that out too somehow. Um, Two out of three of us are pretty good. <laughs> hey, don't we'll let you figure out who. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, on that note, if people do want to get in touch with us, where should we do that, Nathan? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com, right? <laughs> I forgot the own exactly, yes. website for a second. And you can, yes, please go over there. We actually have a new article up. Uh, written by our very own Nathan Share, Great article on overthinking and the health benefits or drawbacks of it, um, and if it's good for you. But we have info about ourselves. We can get in contact with us. And you can send us emails and letters about what you think about the podcast. Uh, and you can just find some more info in general. So please head over to overthinkersjournal.com. Um, also, I'm going to do a plug for our online group. This is on Facebook. It's a private group called The Overthinkers. We are having a lot of fun. There are now hundreds of overthinkers on there. We, are, we have daily discussions and memes and thoughts and articles that people are posting. And it's a really um, a good-willed place where people are entering in discussions um, that has a stark contrast between a lot of the um, posts and comments you will see nowadays that are just vitriol. The rest memes. of the internet. <laughs> yes. Exactly. This is a place where people come together and we, we do have arguments and we do have discussions, but they're with good nature and fun and interesting about all these big questions. So if you are a person like us who loves big questions and loves these topics and wants to connect with people like yourself who are also interested in these things, please head over to the Overthinkers private group on Facebook. We'd love to have you. And if you want to get a hold of me, Nathan uh, Clarkson, Nathan <laughs> one, uh, you can visit my website at nathanclarkson.me or find me on any social media. Uh, just search Nathan Clarkson. And Nathan A, Nathan Share, how can people get a hold of you? Or do you want people to get a hold of you? <laughs> hmm. Don't let him get away. <laughs> if a brave soul seeks to find me, first they must prove themselves worthy in the trials three. So, so if you find the first yourself, trial is figuring trial. out what the trials are. <laughs> yes, that's okay. All right. <laughs> and so, Joseph, where can people find you? If you want to get in touch with me, then you can get in touch with me at my website, josephholmestudios.com, or you can find me on all the socials Twitter, it's uh, normalguy8, uh, Instagram, it's holmes5905, and I'm on Facebook too. And uh, yeah, so awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And remember, if it's worth, if thinking, it's worth thinking about, it's worth thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. If you're thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Thanks for watching. Listening. Thinking. Stuff. Overthinking stuff.